welcome to Star Wars Warts and All, a podcast where we talk about all the stuff we love about Star Wars, warts and all. My name's Will. With me, as always, are my good friends Ben. Hello. Bill. Hi. And Chris. Somehow, we've returned. <laughs> yes. Still it's got been it. a while, but we're back with a slightly different format. At least we're going to try something a little new here. Just to mix it up, uh, we're going to start off with some a few brief news stories from uh, recent weeks, and then we're going to obviously can't not talk about Andor. I think that's really the reason we're back here. If 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 I had to come up with one reason, it's because Andor is good. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to end the show with some trivia because that was fun. It's no longer funner time summertime, but we can still carry uh, a glimmer of it. I think it was us. summertime, funner time. You said it backwards. Just uh, I'm pretty sure I know how I should say <laughs> well, He coined it. Funner time, he, summertime. He coined it. <laughs> we dropped the ball. We should have started doing a mall time, fall time. No! Cora. Ratama. Get ready for Palpatine wintertime up next. Okay, okay. Yes, we could do this all night, I'm sure. <laughs> all year. Year round. Let's start off with some news. So here's uh, just a couple quick things. Um, this kind of snuck up on me. I was talking with Chris about this last week, but High Republic Phase 2 is like here. There's there's Phase 2 High Republic stuff coming out. Yeah, I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah. I didn't even realize until I saw the show notes for this. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it, Like I said, it just kind of snuck up. But uh, So after a bit of a hiatus at the after the end of Phase 1, Phase 2 now flashes back another 150 years from the already... Uh, what is what was it? Fifteen hundred year? No, that's no, uh, like that's Lord of the Rings. Sorry, five hundred. <laughs> Not even. Oh, God, it? it's only like two hundred. No, that was like two hundred or something. maybe yeah, it's only two hundred. So it's going back another one hundred and fifty from the previous two yeah. in, or three. In true Star Wars fashion, you start in the middle, then you do a prequel, <laughs> and then you probably wrap it up with uh, the fall of the High Republic and the Phase Three. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know about you guys. What I'm most excited is now I get to learn an entirely new set of a ridiculous amount of characters' names. <laughs> yeah, I was just it, well, thinking the same thing. You say that, but by the end of it, I knew everyone, and they were, they were distinct. They had their own personalities, and I think they did oh, a really right. good job fleshing them out right. over time. And it was yeah. it was pretty emotional when they killed literally all of them off. They're all dead. <laughs> no spoilers. spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Not all. But yeah, that, that was you are correct, Chris. But it is overwhelming at first. I yeah, mean, sure. Yeah. There's a lot to wrap your head around. A lot of new faces and characters. I'm sure there'll be some returning characters. Some of the alien species, like Yoda, have been around that long. But any humans are going to have to be different humans. Anyway, enough about Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> well, let's I, get... I, we're yeah. a week. We're a week out from uh, Tales of the Jedi at at time of recording this. It comes oh, that's out right. Yeah, that's really the, the next release. Yeah, yeah. Tales of the Jedi, the cartoon series. It looks a lot like Clone, like a. Another glorified sequel to Clone Wars, basically. So, so that that'll fun. that'll release while Andor is still still going strong, then, right? Because Andor's yeah, so got like twelve episodes weeks. or something. Yeah. yeah, we're only right now. We're only halfway through. Technically, episode seven of Andor is out today when we're recording, but, which I have not watched yet. So don't oh, say anything. Boy. What are you doing? Yeah, we got to get. To that. I haven't watched it either. <laughs> what yeah. the? Right after this, I guess. But anyway, so High Republic Phase 2, uh, the 
the first release was actually a, a young adult novel this time. Yeah, it's kind of backwards. Path of Deceit. Yeah. Came out October 4th. Uh, normally, it's like the, the tentpole kind of media are always the adult novels, but that's not coming until November 22nd, um, the novel Convergence. And it's written by Zoraida Cordova, who's a new name for the High Republic. For High Republic, She's yeah. She did some Not of new to Star Wars. Yeah, right. she, she wrote Crash of Fate, which is one of the... The Galaxy's Edge tie-in books, yes. Batu, right? Oh. Yeah, I so think she's returning for this. There's an extended excerpt for for the book for Convergence on StarWars.com, oh. so you should check it out. Um, I just want to read. I I, li- I really enjoy the young adult novels. They're such easy reads. <laughs> you know, you could and 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 but the characters are still good, and they and like Chris was saying, they carry over to other stuff. So you might read about yeah. a character in in you know a book that's quote unquote for kids. But they might show up in your comics or uh, the adult novel later on. So mm-hmm. that's that's why we love Star Wars. And also, of course, the comics are starting up again, or they have already. Yeah. And that's the <clears throat> same team that we grew to love from the first phase. Yeah. With, uh, Kevin Scott. Scott and Charles Soule, among others. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I did read the first issue. It just came out this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. Off to a good start. It's It's different. It's uh, interesting. It takes place on Jeddah, which we last seen in Rogue One, mm-hmm. uh, back in its heyday. And it's uh, it seems like they might be starting to delve into like all the different religions, you know, in addition to the Jedi and how they interact with the Force oh, cool. and what they call like it. The Wills, the Guardians yeah, of the Wills. Yeah, they mentioned the Wills. Oh, cool. There's another like group that. that calls it the Force. They call it the Unity, and there's all this other stuff. But there's a whole like organization of uh, representatives of these religions coming together and kind of having like a, you know, a committee there, to how they're going to, you know, maintain peace with each one, other and stuff like that. Another one called open, the open hand or something like that. Uh, I was, I was reading something about it on Star Wars. I, I feel like those might be the bad guys in in this phase. They're like the, the predecessors like of the Nihil maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I guess the adult book takes place in the Iram system, which is there's two planets, Iram and Elrona, I think. So why does this sound familiar? Well, because, there's Elfrona. That's uh, Elfron- that's a, Elf- in a planet uh, in phase well, there, one. So it sounds familiar because in Falling Star, the Iram system is where Starlight right. Beacon was. I don't, oh, okay. I don't give any. Yep. Sp- uh, are we are we okay with spoilers at this point? Well, or? I figure at some point, relatively soon, I'll try to come up with a recap of Phase One, just like the the main bullet points to get people up to speed, play catch up. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I would appreciate that too. So please do, because yeah. <laughs> I can't remember everything that happened. There's a lot, a lot went went down. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> On the IRAM system, just yeah. putting yeah. it in perspective here. And it's not dirty. I'm not. I'm not trying to be dirty. Is... <laughs> Although, <laughs> actually, <laughs> there was a flashback. Never mind. Anyways, <laughs> the only other little news thing that kind of jumped out at me recently was, and I think it's really just a rumor. Um, it came out of uh, an article reported by Inside Gamer um, that Disney wants Lucasfilm to get on a regular schedule of releasing two Star Wars video games every year, like AAA big titles every year. Um, 
which would be a huge change from what we've had since the acquisition. Disney's owned Star Wars for what, like 10 years now? I think this is like the yeah. 10th year anniversary. It's right around now, too. It wasn't October. And we've only gotten like uh, four Star Wars video games yeah. in that time. When I that s- might even be including an app or a mobile oh, game. There's many apps, I'm sure. When yeah. I yeah. saw this oh, yeah. in the show notes, I was like, you know what? That's a that's a interesting because back in the, I'll call it the golden age of yes. Star Wars video games in the oh, 90s yeah. and early aughts. And I'm saying it that way because I'm sure it bothers Chris. Um, no. I'm going to. <laughs> He actually prefers really? it. All right, so in the, Something in bothers the me more than Chris. O's. I, don't, I don't like it. Let's try that one. <laughs> anyway. There were games... There were constant games. There were so many Star Wars games back then. I know. And, and I they were like... like uh, they were all fun. Like, they might not yeah. have been yeah. gems, but they were, all, they were all like a good time. But yeah. like everything else, the, the bar has been raised so high these days that yeah, it's going to be right. impossible yeah. to appease everyone, especially with um, two new games a year. Yeah, you saw how people reacted when Star Wars wanted to do a movie a year, and then I know faltered. So I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, see this different. working out. It's in their favor. It's different. The I mean, movies not... are uh, the movies for Star Wars should be held sacred. Yeah, I think. No, I, agree. I, I think they learned that lesson. But uh, I'm all for this, and plus, it shouldn't come as a surprise because they announced so many things in the past years or so that are in that are supposed to be in development. Um. So yeah, two a year would they've got enough stuff lined up to do that easily, right? From the I don't know, should we read through this list? I'm I'm going to temper my expectations because they're not all going to be good. But well, yeah, I have a feeling you're not going to play some of these. I mean, you're probably not going to play Star Wars Hunters because you're not a big PvP guy, and that's what that game is. It's pretty much Star Wars Overwatch, Right. right? Right, and it's only on mobile and Switch too. So I feel like that's not like a true. It's not going to be release. It's not going to be canon in any right, way, shape, or form, I'm assuming, as much as I want it to be. Um, yeah. But Plus, there's that, that Knights of the Old Republic remake that was announced yeah, has yeah. been kind of put on the back burner, I, I believe, because the developer is based out of Ukraine. Is that right? Or is it Russia? It's I think, one it, of was, the I think it was Russia, and now they're trying yeah. to find somebody else. Yeah. Um, um, and there was a, there's a game from Skydance Media that's supposed to be it doesn't even have a name yet but I think that's oh, yeah. the Amy Hennig studio the... so I had to look up Skydance because I I hadn't heard of that one apparently it's it's like a big media conglomerate or whatever but oh yeah they're yeah. interactive yeah. like Skydance Interactive subsidiary or whatever they do mostly VR stuff so I yeah. thought that was interesting oh so yeah. it's probably gonna be like the Batu experience or, or Vader Yeah, you know what? I don't even... Something. Those those are some games that I don't even consider that came out in the past few years. There's that Vader Immortal VR yeah. game, which I never yeah. got to yeah. play. And the uh, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge VR, mm-hmm. which, I think, again... I think they're saying it's, it's supposed to be some kind of like interactive story experience or something. So it sounds... Okay. They've made well, the a lead, couple of Walking the Dead Project ones? Lead... Oh, oh, they're behind those games. Yeah. Those are some of the best VR games. Um, but anyway, yeah, Amy Hennig, I know, is involved, and she was from, like way back from Naughty Dog from like the early Uncharted games. Yeah. Um, and their story development. Okay. And that's arguably the best part of those games, especially. <laughs> we were just talking about this. They're, they're a bit of a slog, <laughs> gameplay-wise. <laughs> but they have fun Indiana Jones-style stories, so I'm all for that. 
Um, Ubisoft yeah. is getting an open world game, so right, this is, it's probably Assassin's Creed, Star Wars. Yeah, something at like this that. Point. And then Respawn is working on th- three games. Yeah, right. Because there's the Jedi Survivor, which is the sequel to uh, Fallen Order. Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. And then a first-person shooter that they're supposedly working on. And then some kind of strategy game that's from like previous XCOM devs or something, right? Like hmm. yeah. t- turn-based. Ooh, that should be interesting. Oh, that's going to cool. Yeah, I would probably. You know, I got I to say, some of my favorite Star Wars games are like Star Wars Empire at War and Galactic Battlegrounds, which if anybody doesn't know what those are, those are like um, They're real-time the real, right? real-time strategy war, you know, massive battles yeah. kind Build of Build armies and, and yeah, send yeah. units through. No, nothing like that in the works, and I think I'm a little disappointed about that because that yeah. I feel like that would fit well in a lot of the the star wars especially with the the sequel era and the prequel era yeah especially if there's something in in like the scope of like age of or not age of empires civilization or something where you actually yeah. go through like the prequel era into the into the you know ot ot era into the sequel era oh, man that would cool. be quite the endeavor I'm sure, to bark on sure that there's a, a mod for civ 6 really interesting yeah that turns it on the star wars <laughs> So, so yeah, Je- it's that's exciting though to think of. Jedi Survivors getting two books. Two. Yeah, I believe. Oh. I remember hearing one uh, set battle, in between battle scars. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, I guess the book, the the novelization of the game. Oh well. Oh. Okay. I remember they used to do that for the Force Unleashed. Well, Chris, maybe Chris can read that instead of playing the game. Cause, there you go. You know, because yeah, <laughs> he hates he hates modern video games. Apparently, I, I say that I just never have a rig or you know the right system to play them on. <laughs> All right, ready to move on and talk about Andor? Yes. Yeah. Let's do this. So really, like, I, I like the show. I don't want to get into like you know beat-by-beat beat story details or anything like that. I think it's uh, really the thing I've been saying since the beginning is this show just feels so different. And I am really just kind of grabbing on to that vibe. Uh, I don't know. But what I really wanted to talk about was more the the man behind the show, Tony Gilroy. Should I start with that, or do you guys want to just give your opinions? For, I don't know. Just, just go for it. All right, we'll just start there. So yeah. we, we we talked about Tony Gilroy before because of his involvement in Rogue One, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he came up at some point. Uh, but so he credited on Andor, he is the creator. He's listed as one of the executive producers. He wrote the first three episodes. And then after that, if you notice, I think it's his brother, Dan, who took over the writing after him. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Who's another? He he's they've worked together. I think he actually has two twin brothers, John and Dan, and they're all in the industry. So, um, he's kind of a big name uh, in uh, that he his his previous credits were the Bourne movies, and then Michael Clayton was like his big in two thousand seven. That's a George Clooney movie. I've never seen it, but it was nominated for something like uh, where is it? Seven Academy Awards. Are you talking about the original uh, screenplay? He directed these or wrote them? Both. Okay. So for that, he he wrote and directed Michael Clayton. It was it was nominated for both of those things and Best Picture. So Hmm. several feathers in his cap for that. 
But his Star Wars involvement is what really interests me about this guy because, so the, the deal was in Rogue One, he was the guy they called in during the extensive reshoots, quote unquote, back in 2016, where we heard like there was all this drama about how much time and how much extra filming they had to do to rework Rogue One. Uh, we've talked about that before, uh, but I don't know if I mentioned this last time. So I was... Uh, really interested in this interview he did two years later in 2018 he kind of opened up a little bit about how this went down um and he basically describes that the the movie was in a state of just disrepair like disney was at a loss they didn't know how to fix it but it was very clear that something fundamental needed to change about the movie um and the way he describes it is he said he came in this is a quote from this uh interview on the moment podcast from 2018 he said he came in after the director's cut and he was given a screenplay credit in arbitration that he said was won easily. So what that means is basically the director of Rogue One, Gareth Edwards, whose name, is, he gets the director credit, right? Mm -hmm. His movie was finished. This was like a finished product. And Tony Gilroy came in and changed it so much that he was given a screenwriting credit for a movie that was already written and finished. <laughs> <laughs> like that's... I mean, that says something. Uh, so basically what the rumor is, because um, he's he's still under an NDA or whatever, so he can't speak in a ton of detail, but it sounds like what he did was majorly rework the ending, which if you've seen the trailers, it's pretty clear that what was in the early shots of Rogue One and what was the actual ending was very different. Yeah. Um, and apparently he also reworked several characters like Bodhi Rook, the pilot, and... Cassian Andor was a character that he kind of had to build up and rework to make the movie just make sense. At least that's that's the story that I've been able to kind of piece together. Mm -hmm. um, but this is what's really cool. So he obviously had something to do with Cassian Andor already. But I think what makes this show special for me is the fact that Tony Gilroy admittedly doesn't care about Star Wars. And if you think of like any other creative mind behind the Star Wars movies and TV we've gotten, they will tell you the exact opposite. Right, that right, they have yeah. <laughs> lived and bled Star Wars since they were young. You know, guys like J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, even Robert Rodriguez, like literally everybody. You can't, I can't, I couldn't yeah. think of a director, creator behind Star Wars who wasn't in love with the franchise. Um, and that's, so this is, this is the quote. He says, that was my superpower. A, I don't like Star Wars. Not that I don't like it, but I've never been interested in Star Wars ever. So I had no reference, no reverence for it whatsoever. I was unafraid about that. And they were in such a swamp. They were in so much terrible, terrible trouble that all you could do was improve their position. So he came in and was like, not, this is not my movie. This is a franchise I don't care about. I'm just going to give it my best. So it was almost like liberating for him to to work on something that was so big budget, everybody had his back, and it, he didn't care. <laughs> it was just, yeah. like, just like freedom. And obviously Disney liked the final product because here we are. He came back to something that he didn't even care about. And again, this is the last quote I'll, I'll throw in there because in this same interview, he was asked, would he return for Star Wars? And his answer, no, no, there's nothing. I don't like it. I don't like it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> but he says, I don't think Rogue is a Star Wars movie in many ways. To me, it's a Battle of Britain movie. That right there mm -hmm. is my point. Yeah. He's not making a Star Wars show. 
He's mm-hmm. making a show about insurgency, about rebellion, yeah, right. about grassroots efforts to defy He's an unbeatable force. The show just happens to take place in Star Wars. The <laughs> story first and Star Wars second. Yeah. The the star the story, the characters, and the fact that it's in Star Wars is almost just like a, a setting. You know? I, I think they've done a pretty good job of throwing in, you know, the Star Wars setting and and, and throwing in that fan service, even though he said I think he's also said like he doesn't care about he doesn't he didn't want to like do fan service or whatever. Right. He they said s- they were actively trying not to do that. Like they which but, is set But it, they it, did I, I feel like they did enough of it to to tie it in well and to make it feel Star Wars but fresh. Yeah. Right. And that, there's enough and that, there's enough there, enough familiar ships, planets, uh people endearing droids. Seventies mustaches, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, the, yeah. Just the vibe, the whole uh, the visual. Obviously, they're they're nailing that. You know. Yeah. It blows my mind that it's not about fan service when this show I've noticed has the most like I want to say Easter eggs and like little things thrown most thrown around. You think I, so? I, I, I mean, you're just talking about uh, what's his name? Skarsgård's. Uh, like den of antiquities because well, yeah yeah there's I mean, a lot of I mean he's he mentioned the the cotton which haven't been mentioned since Knights of the Old Republic I, I read the, about that one and that was I thought that one was actually very interesting because that like, goes that's a deep deep cut from the Old Republic it's not, not even that, like but they they he gives them a a a, a, a briar pistol which is the the pistol you get in Dark Forces another thing right. that hasn't been around. These, Thanks for spoiling my trivia question. These are <laughs> these aren't thinking of a new so one. obvious though. These are for like the hardcore fans who know their stuff. And then yes, also they're not like totally. winking and nodding as they do it either. Like right. they no, exactly. Things. It's right. it's, it's a lot usually more subtle just like in the background. In the, it's in the background. Totally. Yeah, exactly. But there's yep. so but there's so many of them. Like yeah, I spent a long time in those in those scenes in his little antiquities shop where I'm like, oh look at that thing, and oh look at that. I mean, I thought it, I thought that was great. It it felt it almost felt disconnected from the Star Wars universe, but also connected at the same time to the but point see, where anybody can pop in and watch this and know nothing about Star Wars and just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, and then us just like, oh, this is just amazing. Well, I had no idea what any of that stuff was. You know, and then in his shop, I had no idea that the armor was from this specific thing. It just looked cool. Right. Just so happens that it is something so great. Those who enjoy that sort of callback enjoy it, and I enjoy it because it looks cool. That's yeah. That's why this is so great. I feel like there's something for everybody in this series, and I wish more people would watch it. I mean, I, I, well, I don't know. It's a know streaming show, you, so there's no ratings, yeah. so we don't know how many people are watching it. But Right, that's true. But you know what I think? I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head the reason more people aren't talking about it or like seem to be watching it is because there's nothing to hate on. Like this show's just, it's just, <laughs> it is what it is. It's, you can't, it's uh, you can't pick apart the depiction of Boba Fett or your favorite character. It's just Cassian Andor. And you know what? It, the way he's being portrayed fits perfectly with the way he yeah. was in Rogue One. Like, yeah. Uh, I guess I think it's it's it it goes back to what Ben has always said about getting a Star Wars show where there's no force, no lightsabers. Like this is it. Like this is just people. Yeah. Yep. 
They're just normal people. They don't right. have superpowers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no choreographed fights to pick apart. Right. You know, the, these other uh, set piece tentpole action sequences that they're always going to have people complaining about. Yeah. I guess there was, but yeah, not in the same way as another you know swashbuckling yeah, lightsaber was, fight. There, there was so much build up to that with with the drama and and just the the internal conflicts that people were were dealing with like that that's what it was all about that that last yeah anyway it's it's a terrific show uh it's probably i would say yeah i don't know i kind of feel like it's the best quality show star wars show that they've they've turned out so far you know know, i i was I was thinking that too, but then I immediately thought, you know, I don't like, I don't like playing that game. I, I'm I don't really, like no, comparing. You them. don't need to. So, yeah. I'm sick of the ranking thing because yes. this show it feels so different that like, if I want a Mandalorian vibe, I'll watch the Mandalorian. This right. show is nothing like that. Right. You know right. what I mean? So right, right. You can't compare them, and, and even though they're both Star Wars, you can't really, you can't really compare them against each other. They're just so totally different. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so anyway, just last thing I want to talk about with Tony Gilroy, just something else, as far as the future of this show, right? Because we're, we're about halfway through it now. They've already announced a season two. Um, I was pretty excited to see this. First of all, Tony Gilroy points out the fact that this is very unlike him to like stick around with the franchise. I mean, you could say the Bourne movies, but that was all just like, he did one, then they asked him to come back. They asked him to come back again. He doesn't, he's not used to like the whole, you know, in-house Dave Filoni is has been just working for Disney for right. I don't even know how many years now. Right. But he pointed out like by the time he's done with this, he's gonna have twenty six hours of Star Wars content that he made. So he's gonna be <laughs> a big player in a universe yeah. that he didn't even really care about, yeah. which I think is funny. Um but he said for the next season they're gonna do another twelve episodes and the plan is to shoot them kind of like like this has been going in like three episode blocks. But what they're going to do is season one here takes place five years before Rogue One. Season two is going to take place four years, then three years, then two years, then just one year prior. So it's going to like walk you every three episodes is going to jump forward a year in Cassian Andor's life and bring you closer to Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. And then that'll be it for the show. So it's just going to be two se- Like I love, I love that too, that they're just saying, this is it, two seasons, we've got a plan and they're going to execute it. Uh, it's really exciting. I, I, I was. This is kind of what I pictured Star Wars being in the hands of Disney, since they acquired it. Like, just do different things and and make sure that it still has that yeah. that Star Wars kind of sheen yeah, to it. You right. know what I mean? So I, I hope the show's successful enough that we see others in the same vein. Well, that's that's good. I, I like that format they're going to do with season two because that gives them a chance to catch up with the crew of the Ghost from Rebels. Um, Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, because in a lot of ways this, this does have like Rebels kind of, except that they don't have any. There's no Mandalorian on this team. There's no Jedi on this team. Yeah, they're, it's they're, just they're just it's people. Just people. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. And cool. they're not. They're not necessarily all good people. Like no, you know, no. Like, yeah. they all yeah, have they a common. Flaws. A common fight, I guess, but right. other than that, yeah. which which I think is basically what they alluded to in Rogue One with Cassian Andor's character, it's just like you 
are doing terrible things. Like you're not a good person, but you're doing this because you have a common, common goal, a common enemy. Yeah. 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 Anything else? I don't think so. Not for me. Yeah. So that's Andor. We'll see how it wraps up, but, uh, you know, it's, it's slow moving Mm -hmm. at times. But but I've been fully engaged. It's worth it. It always though. pays off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's always paid off. It's I'm, worth I'm it. really looking forward to. Like how I, this all I've plays been out. excited every week to watch this, to watch this show. And we will continue. Yes. To watch for another six weeks left. I think so. I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, that I guess wraps it up for our. New format, I guess. And we ruined the trivia, so. Well, I thought of another question in the oh. meantime. Not as good. Right. So I was going to ask about that pistol. Oh, sorry. That, that Cassian I'm sorry. uses. Well, when I was he, thinking of It seems trivia. like he inherited from his father, or his adopted father, because he was also using it in the flashback scenes. Um, but that, was, is the, that is one Easter egg that I did notice. I was like, wait a minute. That's the... That's the that's the pistol that Kyle Katarn uses. <laughs> and Kyle Katarn was the guy who originally stole the Death Star plans. So it's like a really nice nod to the new guy who stole the Death Star plans. Well, when I was looking up a trivia question, I found out, I looked up the Rakatan or whatever thing. So Ben wrote oh, yeah. that one too. I was going to ask. Oh. Yes. <laughs> well, I have a backup. It's it's not as good. But kind of what I was thinking was if if we end every episode with just one trivia question and we change who comes up with it every week, then we could keep track, yeah. just like a running tally of, of who's been getting the most of these right. And sometimes it could be a music clip or a sound clip just to keep it interesting, whatever. But here, So here's the other one I thought of. So uh, episode six of Andor, when they finally do the job, right, this, this uh, heist or whatever you want to call it, it takes place during this event that they call the Eye, right, where these... Whatever, they're not meteorites, but they're some kind of crystals that are burning in the yeah, atmosphere. Right. Create this, and it's like a, the the natives make a pilgrimage to to see the eye every three years. Uh, it kind of made me think of the festival held on the planet Pasana by mm-hmm. the Aki Aki, mm-hmm. uh, which is held every. 42 years. I was going to ask you that, but that would be ridiculous. <laughs> My question is, so I'm talking about the festival for, with all the colors and stuff from uh, Rise of Skywalker. What is the name of this festival held mm-hmm. on Pasan every 42 years? I'm going to give you guys just a couple seconds to think of it. The Aki Aki celebrate this festival every 42 years on the planet Pasana. All right. Ready in three, two, one. Lock those answers in. I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> no, I thought Chris had it. No. I can't remember. It's that. not Ba. It's not the festival of Ba. Yeah. Let's let's Chris, what was your answer? Let's let's go through the list. Um I said Ba because I couldn't think of it. I'm disappointed <laughs> in myself. And Bill <laughs> that's not Ba. No, it's not Ba. 
Uh, Bill, what was your guess? The Festival of Color, because there was a lot of color. <laughs> it's the Festival of the Something. And Ben, uh, I guess I'll give you... What's your answer, Ben? Uh, something Something Ancestors, because I remember yeah. them talking about it. <laughs> so if you combine point. your answer with Bill's, you got it. It's just called the Festival of the Ancestors. Oh, no, Festival uh, of Color Ancestors. No, no. <laughs> I thought it had a fancier name. I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's just the Festival of the Ancestors. Then I was like, I need a better question. So that's when I thought of the Briar <laughs> pistol. But there it is. Festival of the... You know, I'm going to give Ben a point. So right hey. now, he's hey, the I had one. the first part of it, though. That's what... <laughs> Ancestors is really the key word there. <laughs> yeah, I know. To be, to be fair. So there it is. One point for Ben. We'll see how this plays out. Boring conversation anyway. So yeah, that ought to do it. Guess that's it then. Do we uh, do we have social media anymore? I mean, it's been a while. We'll Twitter, have to post something just to say Twitter we're back. account <laughs> still exists. I just we're haven't back. posted anything. A in dinosaur time. story. I'll have to uh, post a return message. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks uh, for listening again. And uh, yeah. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Good night. Need a sign off. Just need a consistent sign off. None of this think of something. Yeah. Well, that's. So I wanted to. I wanted to do the line, the Skarsgård line. Don't you want to fight these bastards for real? But I couldn't remember if those are the exact words. Something like that. <laughs> Whatever that guy's name is. Bootstrap Bill. I can't remember his name. Luthien. Luthien. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Luthien? No, that's Luthien Lord of the Rings. Luthien. Luthien. Oh, Luthien. you're right, right. Luthien. L- Luthien. Luthien.